0: Thank mm-hmm. you. You may say the rosary or any private prayer of your own for her deliverance when you're not responding to my words. Above all, do whatever I ask without question. Don't ask it any questions or pay any attention to what it says. It. I won't be dealing with Emily tonight. <laughs> Restrainer. With your spirit, our Father, who right. art in heaven, Hello, hallowed be thy name. Oh, my God, are you are right. Who so incoherent right? and Glaubst du etwa sie das keines Mädchen Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heavenly. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we we forgive those that trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation. But deliver us from evil. Who are you, demon? Tell me your name. Give me your name, demon. We are the ones who dwell within. And I am Lucifer, the devil. and good will triumph over evil through my experience people will know that demons are real people say that god is dead but how can they think that if i show them the devil What's up everybody. It's your boy. It's your it's your it's your for fu- 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 finish that, man. It's your boy Johnny Drip. And welcome to the 2019 edition of the Halloween special. Actually, we're calling it the Horrible Ween, right? We got to be cliché, right? We had to have some kind of a Halloween themed special, okay? Then when we get around Christmas and Thanksgiving, we'll have a Thanksgiving themed podcast. And then when we get around Christmas time, we'll we'll sing uh we'll sing a Kumbaya and uh, you know, bum uh, bum jingle bells jingle bells, right? All that stuff. Well, this is the Halloween, right? And I was thinking, what's a what's a really good uh, cliche uh, play on words for Halloween, right? Horrorween, the Horrorween special. So I came up, I took about three seconds and came up with Horribleween, right? Because this show is horrible and it's Halloween, right? So we combine the two, Horribleween, it's perfect, isn't it? So I'm going to start off singing a trick-or-treat song from my youth. Do kids even uh, do that stuff anymore, right? There used to be the uh, trick-or-treat, smell my feet, give me something good to eat. If you don't, I don't care, I will pull down your underwear. Right? We can't have kids singing that today, right? Give me something good to eat, if you don't, I'll pull down your underwear. Oh my god. We can't have kids saying that kind of stuff. Oh, my God, some kid, they're going to pull down another kid's underwear. That's such a bully move. (coughs) All right. So where do we start off the ridiculousness with today, right? Well, I thought we'd start off with some scary movies, right? Is there any such thing anymore as a scary movie? I love movies. Big movie guy. Love movies. Really do. Just like I love music, right? We talked about that earlier this year on the podcast. There's a difference. There's some people that listen to music audibly with their ears. And then there's some people that when they listen to music, it touches them in their special sp- uh, spot, right? Well, I'm the same way with movies. Ah, good shit. Try out a new brand of coffee. I was I was on the light roast, and then I went to a medium roast, and oh my god, it's so delicious. But yeah, uh, I was talking about coffee, and something before that, and I've already forgot what the hell... Oh yeah, scary movies. Now listen, movies, alright? I'm the same way with uh, music as I am with movies. I just don't watch the movie. A movie will actually affect me. It's amazing. I let a movie resonate with me. I'm in touch with my feelings. Are you, sir? I don't know. I am. So yeah, when I watch a movie, I get into it. you know, Or I don't. Same with music. So that's why movies have a special place in my heart. I've always loved scary movies. Who doesn't like to be freaked out or scared, right? However, we all know that I have a problem with most things that aren't done my way, right, including movies. And there aren't a lot of scary movies. There hasn't been more than a handful of movies that actually freaked me out. And there hasn't been a whole lot that's a, that have freaked me out since I became a, an, an adult. And the recipe for a good movie, especially a scary one, isn't that difficult, okay? All you need is a realistic topic, right? Ghosts, most people think they're real, right? Aliens, most people think they're real. some kind of an end of world uh, doomsday scenario. some kind of a out of control uh, you know virus that turns people into zombies and stuff like that. Maybe not like they show in The Walking Dead, but uh, you know that's something, right? But the key besides making a horror movie about something horrific that could really happen is having the people in the movie really act as though people would really act in a horror situation, right? But too many times in too many of these movies, the horror movies, right, they're running into the closet full of knives rather than just running out the door and calling the police. Or they'll call the police and they'll be like, yeah, is this Jimmy again with another prank 911 call? As if the police would ever do that. How many times have you seen it in a movie? Not just a horror movie, but any movie where they call up the police, I'm being murdered, I'm being killed. Oh, Tommy, is this you again calling up saying you're being murdered? Oh, we don't believe you. Fuck that. You call and hang up on the police even if you're in a, you know, east east <laughs> East I do my sisterville. Uh, they're still going to come, okay? So, all these movies where you, you know, call up the police and say, I have an emergency, and they start laughing at you like, yeah, right. (laughs) Have you ever experienced that? You call the police, they come running. So, that's just it. Any of these movies that I'm about to name, and these are my top 10 best horror movies of all time. I'm going to give you about 10 of them, and then I'm going to explain to you why these are the 10 best. Okay, using the same kind of logic that I've brought to you since day one. My logic, right? The only logic that makes sense. All right, so the number one. Actually, these aren't in any kind of particular order, but this is still my number one. I think it's most people's number one. They've never done a movie that's even come close to touching this, and I cannot imagine being alive in 1974 when this came out and seeing it in the theaters because I still watch this a couple times a year and I just watched it the other night and it still freaks me the fuck out okay the movie is The Exorcist 1974 that bitch came out and it is still untouchable and this was 1974 do you think in 1974 people had seen anything even remotely like that in the horror genre? Not even close. That movie still gets people sick to this day. And that was in 74. You want to talk about a movie that was so hardcore, so scary, filmed and acted so great. And that was in 74. I don't think it will ever happen again. There is there is never going to be a horror movie that's that good and that realistic that was that shocking that's ever going to come out in our lifetime from here on out it'll never happen again so the exorcist in 74 did it better than anyone's done before or since and i don't know if it, it, it if it will ever be done again um i have to give honorable mention to a movie that came out one year later and that's jaws now can we call jaws a horror movie I would, right? It's horrific to have a 30-foot, 5-ton shark swimming up at you under the water. Let me tell you, if you weren't alive, I guess, when I was alive, because I wasn't born yet in 75, I was born in 78, but that movie was on cable in the mid-80s when I was a boy. And uh, that movie single-handedly uh, scared probably, you know, half the world's population to ever go in the water again. See if you can do that again in today's day and age with a movie. I know today's day and age, people think, oh, the shark, it looks fake. Alright, quit your mouth breathing, okay? Just drop your shit for a minute and just understand that was 1975, people. 75. Okay, the shocked look plenty real for a movie that was uh, came out in 75. But that movie, Roy Schneider, uh, freaking Quint. Of course, I can't think of the actor's goddamn name off the top of my head right now. But Quint, um, uh, 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 I can't even think of the goddamn director. One of the most famous directors ever. See, this is my problem, folks. Okay, I have a terrible memory. If you ask me to name my mom's you know, middle name off the top of my head, I'll be like <laughs> I can't think. Some of the easiest information if I go to say, hey brain, can you pull that off the shelf? <inaudible> I don't know where to find it, both. Spielberg, right? Spielberg did Jaws. Okay? In Richard Dreyfus, right? There we go. Dreyfus. Dreyfus 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 he was the co-star right and then who played Quint who played Quint Robert uh, Robert Shaw I think that yes Robert Shaw right but anyways the acting the film the script the movie the special effects everything just unfriggin' believable you can't touch it and that was 1975 okay um I did do these by year by the way okay third best actually i'm not this isn't the third best we're just going in order from the oldest to the newest okay so no particular order these are just the best horror movies ever right number 1 exorcist 2 again in no order we're just going from oldest to newest 75 jaws then in 1982 craig t nelson can you guess it fucking poltergeist I still watch that a handful of times, uh, you know, every year. How can you watch it? It's fucking great. 1982 Poltergeist. They haven't been able to do it as good since. Nothing. Can't touch it. 1982 Poltergeist, the original. It's friggin' phenomenal. Then in two years later, 1984, this movie has been remade probably 20 times, and I think about 17 of them went straight to cable. But if you've never seen it, or it's been years since you've seen it, go back and watch this again. It's the original 1984 Children of the Corn. That movie scared the absolute hell out of me as a kid. You got to remember, this movie came out in 85, and in 85, I was 7. So at the time that thing hit VHS tape, right? I'm like, what, 8 or 9 years old watching that? And the kids in the movie are like the same age as I am. Uh, Mordecai, like the leader kid, right? And then towards the end, when they're in the cornfield, and there's some kind of demon coming, and there's... Oh my god, dude. They don't make them like that anymore. They don't. And there's been so many remakes of that movie, and they've been so bad... Um, that, you know, even I've kind of lost touch with the original, but watch that again. The 1984 original Children of the Corn, they just, they they don't make it that way anymore, okay? One year later, isn't it amazing? We're going to have a uh, topic about this on a future podcast, about just how many amazing movies came out of the 80s. I mean, just even my favorite, some of the best horror movies, most of them came out of the 80s. So one year later, 1985, Nightmare on Elm Street. And I know anyone who's young is probably, those are all stupid old movies. No, they're not, man. Nightmare on Elm Street. Nothing like it existed, people, okay, in 85. There was no Freddy Krueger. I know Freddy Krueger's been around a billion times. He's a pop culture legend. You don't get it. In 85, when this movie came out, you know, my brothers were in high school. I was a, you know... Pick and zits, there was nothing like it, there was nothing like Freddy Krueger in 85, so it just, it, it just, it just took the world by storm, and that bed scene in that movie is one that I had nightmares about as a kid, and I still do, where that kid is just chilling, right, on his bed, listening to music, right, and then all of a sudden, arms come up and like pull him down into the bed, oh my, I still think about that in my 40s. How nightmare is that nightmarish is that? I think it was a waterbed too. He's just laying in bed listening to the music, right? Before bed? And friggin' arms reach up out of the bed and pull him down into it. Holy shit, that is a fucking nightmare, people. That's scary. Okay? And then again, we're in the 80s. One year later, Poltergeist 2 comes out. Mm, the sequel No, the sequel to Poltergeist is almost as good as the original. Okay? One of the best scenes of any horror movie ever made came out of Poltergeist 2, okay? The old man there, God is in his holy temple, right? Um, Kane, tell me you can't find a freakier actor than that dude. Or how about when uh, Craig T. Nelson... um, swallows that little worm in the, in the tequila bottle and it's the demon and then he pukes up the demon and then the and then the demon when he pukes him up is just like a skeleton uh you know creature holy shit that is one of the scariest most fucked up scenes of any horror movie ever made okay and that was the second poltergeist and that was 1986 so it it's nuts okay 3 years later 1989 in my opinion, the best Stephen King novel ever got turned into a movie Pet Cemetery. I know Pet Cemetery was, was just remade, I think, this year. And believe it or not, for how much of a fan I am of Stephen King and Pet Cemetery, I have not seen the remake. I have, I have an issue with remakes, especially if one of my favorite movies of all time is remade. I want to see it, but I haven't yet. But I don't care, okay? That 1989 Pet Cemetery, I saw that shit in like 90 when I was 12, and we had a cat in the house. I don't know. I still, I actually watched that movie last night. God is my witness. It's probably been the 250th time I've seen the 1989 Pet Cemetery movie, and it's still at 41 years old. Gives me the creeps. Pascal, you know? The soil of a man's heart, Estonia. Oh, my God. Classic, dude. And I saw all these kids as a young boy. The Exorcist, Jaws, Poltergeist, Children of the Corn, Nightmare on Elm Street, Poltergeist 2, Pet Cemetery. Fucking phenomenal, okay? Now we're going to scoot ahead to the year that I graduated high school. And the only reason I'm adding this movie to the list is because when this movie came out, it blew up. Bigger than any horror movie that I can remember from my adulthood. Okay? And that's Scream. 1986 Scream. Right? Drew Barrymore. Uh, David Arquette. Was that before he became an Arquette and married uh, What's-Her-Face? But anyways, I know it's goofed on today. But I'm telling you, if you were alive in 1996 when Scream came out, everybody had one of those uh, Scream costume masks, whatever. Um, I saw it in the theaters, I think, three times with three different sets of people. It's not a necessarily great movie or a scary movie, but it's just the impact that that movie kind of had when it came out. You know, just, I don't know. I don't know what it is about that movie, but in 96, when that movie came out, it just, it just, people went crazy for it. And still, if you look back on the 96 scream compared to everything else that's out there, I had to add it to my list. I did. Okay? And then the next one is one I'm going to get pissed off if anyone yells at because you didn't experience what I did when this fucker came out. Okay? And I'm going to tell you about that, right? So, three years later, in 1999, you ready? The Blair Witch Project. And you're like, oh, fucking Christ, no, that was the worst. No, okay? Let me tell you why the Blair Witch Project was so good and why it freaked me the fuck out and my buddy Matt, okay? And a lot of you might not know this, okay? But the Blair Witch Project, right? I saw it months before it ever hit the mainstream and people even knew it was a movie and that it was fake, okay? Uh, The Blair Witch Project was released to very limited, like, small, small theaters. I think just like L.A., Boston, New York, maybe Houston, whatever. I mean, like, five U.S. cities and that was it, okay? And And it was released to those you know, five markets in very small theaters, like six months before it even started to come out in like the major theaters. So back when this movie came out, they marketed it as exactly what it was intended to be. It was supposedly real found footage of some real kids that went missing. And then they found the footage, they somehow were able to edit the footage together and get it from the police and then release a documentary. That's what they marketed this shit as and when me and my buddy Matt heard about it through the grapevine because I happen to know somebody in the business that was a producer um, I said Matt dude there's some kind of movie it's not even a movie it's a documentary some kids went looking for some kind of a witch in Pennsylvania and they got lost they disappeared and then the police found their video camera a few years later some producer got a hold of it, edited of the, the clips, and, the, and he made a movie. And we're like, no fucking way! And I'm telling you, back then, before this movie even hit theaters, and everybody knew the concept, and everybody knew it was fake. Back then, nobody did. Um, the website for the documentary even had news clips. That were filmed, but no one knew it at the time. That looked like they came from a real local news station that talked about these kids disappearing when they did. Okay, so when we saw this movie in a 50 seat theater in Boston, everybody in that theater, including Matt and I, thought this was an actual real documentary. We thought these kids were real, we didn't know they were actors, we didn't know it was a movie. We thought everything we saw was real. So just picture that, okay? Let's say you heard of the Blair Witch documentary months before it even came out in the major theaters. When nobody knew what it was, you were told these kids were real kids that got lost, and this was their footage that was found, okay? Found uh, footage-type movies, like Paranormal Activity and all that stuff, they didn't exist. The way that... um, The Blair Witch was filmed, marketed, everything. It did not exist before the Blair Witch did it. That kind of first person found footage uh, and all that stuff. And again, we saw it before it hit major theaters and everybody knew it was fake. Okay, We thought it was real. So just imagine if you can remember the Blair Witch. We thought it was real. And everyone in the theaters thought it was real. So when we walked out of there, we were like almost sick to our stomachs like holy fuck we had never seen anything like that before and it was game-changing in horror and that was in 99 so now that you know my story maybe you can cut me some slack okay because i get it now now that it's now that it's you know 20 years later and everyone knows it's fake and there's been a hundred and fifty thousand movies since then that's copied it i get it we forget right but just take that to the Take that to the bank, would you? Okay? I saw it in 99 when we thought it was real. Okay? Next movie. Three years later. The year 2002. The movie, 28 days later. Okay? Well, why did that make the list, John? Why? Well, it's a horror movie. And again, what did I say before I started this list? It's got to be well-written, well-acted, and people have to act in the movie as though real people would act if that horrifying thing was happening. 28 Days Later does that, right? It takes a realistic look at a post-apocalyptic London after a viral outbreak happens that turns people into, you know, crazed-up maniacs, right? Right? And that's what I love about it. The cinematography, the acting, the story, uh, the writing, uh, everything about that movie was awesome. It was thought-provoking, it was suspenseful, it was scary, and it it dealt with a subject that could very well happen. No, that could never happen. Oh, it couldn't? A super virus that turned people into zombie-like people couldn't happen? Okay, I wish I could think like you, sir. Ah, good shit. But did I tell you guys that story? Not to uh, sidetrack myself even more here. I might have told that story on one of these podcasts that never made it to air because sometimes I'll record a podcast and then I'll listen back to it for quality check in post-production and realize that the audio went screwy, like it's probably happening now. So yeah, I might have talked about that on a podcast that never got released, but I used to work with a dude, right? And every single time he would drink coffee, he would do just what I did. And what, 25 years later, 26 uh, years later, me and my friend George, who worked with that man... We still talk about this, but every day that we worked with him, every time he would go to take a sip of coffee, he would do exactly what I'm about to do right now. He'd slurp it. <sighs> and then he'd go, <sighs> and every day, but shit, right? Then the other thing he would do is every day, his wife would pack his lunch, and he had raw little baby carrots, and he couldn't just put the carrot in his mouth and chew it. He had to eat the carrot like Bugs Bunny, so he'd be like, <coughs> like "I can't do it because I don't have a carrot." But he'd be like, "He, you know, he, he would, he would bite the carrot like, you know, Bugs Bunny, like, a, you know." I tell you, strange dude. Okay, moving on. So yeah, twenty-eight days later, fantastic movie that came out in two thousand two. Ready for the next one? Another three years later, two thousand five. This movie still freaks me the fuck out. The Exorcism of Emily Rose. You get that? That was 14 years ago, almost 15, in 2005. The Exorcism of Emily Rose. That movie's hardcore. It was acted brilliantly. It was filmed brilliantly. It wasn't done cheesily and campily. Uh, The people in it act fairly real. Um, the kind of whole story is set based on a trial because the girl dies and, you know, the state wants to sue the priest because they blame the priest for her dying, even though they tried everything medically possible on her. That, fantastic. That is one of the greatest, okay? And then we have a pretty big span here. It goes from 2005 to 2013. Why? Because as we get older here into the current time, like everything else, horror movies are becoming few and far between, especially good ones. So we go from 2005's Exorcism of Emily Rose to 2013 in The Conjuring. Ha! Ah. Oh my God. Okay, so you can see how there was just a ton of great horror movies in the 80s, right? One in the 70s, and then we have a couple in the 90s a couple here in the 2000s, and then we go from 2005 all the way to 2013 without one decent or good horror movie. But The Conjuring, and I have to give The Conjuring 2 honorable mention, not as good as the first, but The Conjuring, oh my, that movie nailed it. Everything I keep saying that you have to do to make a horror movie good, they nailed it. 10 out of 10 stars in every friggin' aspect of it. The Conjuring, friggin' fantastic. And um, other than The Conjuring 2, that was really it, folks. That is the end of my list. There's been nothing since. No. Other than The Conjuring 2, no. There has not been. And if you think there is something I blatantly missed that could possibly compete with any of those, then friggin' message me. Okay? Reality Drip Productions. We are on every social media site possible. The email address is info at realitydrip.com. What did I miss? Well, you missed the bunch. Okay. Maybe I can beat you to the punch so you don't have to waste that 30 seconds emailing me, right? I never liked slasher movies, okay? And again, this isn't the quintessential end-all, be-all horror movie list. This is just my opinion, okay? Because I'm a big movie guy, right? I like to think I got a pretty good pulse on what's good and what's bad for movies, because considering I like every genre, you know? Even campy, romantic uh, couple movies. I, lo- I like those, too. I'm sorry. I like movies of all kinds. But uh, yeah, I never really got into those kind of slasher, you know, movies. So I excluded movies like The Chainsaw Massacre, Halloween, Friday the 13th. All honorable mentions, but, you know, um, Michael Myers never freaked me out. Um, Friday the 13th really never freaked me out. Um, You know, The Chainsaw Massacre, I know it was extreme, right? Because that came out in the late 60s, right? Early 70s. So I know moviegoers probably freaked out at that. But to me, it can't hold a candle to what they did in 74 with The Exorcist. That was just a whole nother level of you know, extreme that no filmmaker would touch with a 10-foot pole. So yeah, I will give honorable mentions to Chainsaw Massacre, Halloween, Friday the 13th. Um, just not my cup of tea. Those kind of slasher type horror movies, right? I mean, I even left Ghostbusters off, right? But can you really call Ghostbusters a horror movie? Ghostbusters wasn't scary. Even when I was a kid, it wasn't. It was just entertainment. So, I, I can't in good conscience say Ghostbusters was a horror movie, because it just wasn't scary. But it was awesome nonetheless, right? Well, you left out a bunch of other shit, too. Okay. What? Alien? right that's more of a sci-fi isn't it i love alien i love science fiction movies but i couldn't put alien or aliens on a horror movie list because that's more of a uh that's 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 more science fiction right than horror in my opinion right if we're talking science fiction kind of horror movies we could get into right predator with uh, schwarzenegger how good is that but again that's science fiction. Oh, but you left out a ton more stuff. Oh, my God. Well, sorry. Sorry, people. That's just my opinion. So, quick rundown. 1974, Exorcist. 1975, Jaws. 1982, Poltergeist. 84, Children of the Corn. 85, Nightmare on Elm Street. 86, Poltergeist 2. 89, Pet Cemetery. 96, Scream. 1999, Blair Witch Project. 2002, 28 Days Later. 2005, The Exorcism of Emily Rose. 2013, The Conjuring. That's it. I told you, Conjuring 2, Insidious. Eh, close. But we're just talking horror, horror, horror movies. Do I like other horror movies? Yeah, of course. There's a shitload I left out. On my left here, I'm looking at probably 200 DVDs and Blu-rays of just horror. I'm picking, I picked for you, the quintessential horror movies. The ones that changed the game, okay? Exorcist, Poltergeist, Children of the Corn, Pet Cemetery, Blair Witch, Exorcism and Emily Rose, Conjuring. Those movies changed the shape of horror forever. Alright, horror movies. What else we got? The pretty leaves. I can't talk about any more leaves or pumpkins or farms or haunted hayrides and attractions. Jesus Christ, people. You know, when I was a kid, I loved Halloween. I did. Why did I love Halloween? Because it's... It, it's Halloween and it's the Northeast United States. You know what happens here when it gets Halloween? The leaves change colors, right? Every night there's a, there's a horror movie on and I love horror movies, right? Everything is Halloween themed. The air is crisp and cool. You know, it's no longer hot and sweaty here in the Northeast. It's like, you know, jeans and sweatshirt weather. The leaves are pretty. You know, you got pumpkin carving and the fucking haunted hayrides and apple pie, apple cider, apple fucking donuts. You know, picking zucchinis. You know, all that stuff. You know, as a kid, who doesn't love Halloween? And just Halloween in the Northeast United States as a kid was awesome, but I guess now that I've aged, and I don't have any kids that I'll claim, (laughs) um, I guess there's a lot of it I, uh, I don't get, um, you know, I no longer care about the pretty leaves, or the pumpkins, or, but I suppose if I had kids, you know, it would be nice to go, you know, it would be nice to go to a pumpkin patch with my little, with my little one, right? I don't know, but, as a grumpy old man I'm all set with the pretty leaves but I still like them horror movies But one thing I've noticed man I'm telling you okay I heard this shit when I was a kid and now that I'm an adult I'm wondering okay have I reached that level now where I look at kids and I'm just like these fucking kids these days, you know or is it really like a head scratcher, you know, because I'm sure when I was 20 and my father was 40 or whatever, you know, he probably looked at, you know, 20-year-olds or just kids and been like, I don't get it. Well, now that I'm kind of at that mid-age, I look at kids and I seriously scratch my head and I say, I don't get it. And I just don't know if that's just part of hitting 40 or if that's, if kids are really crazy, right? But over the years, you know, as I've gotten older, and I've looked at trick or treaters, right? I've seen I've seen a shift, right? Trick or treating, when I used to trick or treat in the eighties, let's see, I probably started trick-or-treating what? In nineteen eighty three? And I probably stopped in ninety-five. So I trick I I track wait, what would be the past tense to trick-or-treat? I tricked I tricked or treated. I tricked or trapped. I tricked and trapped. We went and tricked and trapped From about, yeah, 82, 83 to maybe 95, right? And those were the good old days, okay? Kids actually put efforts into their costumes. You could dress up like a terrorist and, you know, uh, kids had fake knives, fake axes, fake guns, uh, people literally dressed up like terrorists, um, you could dress up like a, you could be a boy and dress like a girl, and people would think it was a costume, now it's just like, that's what kids wear to school each day, right, um, I've noticed, you know, so, yeah, back in my day, We could dress like terrorists. If you were a kid, it was fun to dress like a woman. Now that's just normal. You can't dress like a terrorist. I don't think... I I guarantee you won't see a kid uh, Halloween night with any kind of a fake weapon anymore, you know? We used to dress up like a ghoul, you know, and have like a fake plastic axe, you know, some kind of prop for your... they don't sell that shit anymore, right? Because they're going to see a kid walking down the street dressed like a ghoul with like a fake plastic axe, and someone is going to call the police saying, There's a kid with an axe! Oh my, you know? And then when the kids ring the friggin' doorbell and I open the door, you know what we used to do as a kid when we'd go to a house and ring that doorbell? The first words out of our mouth, trick or treat! Now, when the doorbell goes off, you open the door, you open that door up, the kids are just like fucking staring at you. Anything on the say, kids? Trick or treat. All right. Then you, then you drop the fucking candy in their giant burlap sacks, and they don't even say thank you, and they just, they just go, you know. Seriously, when you're handing out candy, whatever night it is—Thursday night, Friday night—see how many kids actually will say trick or treat. That's the first words out of our mouth when we got to that door. We couldn't wait to say it. Fucking trick or treat. Now see how many kids will actually say it make them say it treat. trick treat seriously all right so here's the comparisons I see right so I just told you some right we used to be excited we used to really put on costumes uh, it was okay to dress like a guy or a girl or you know like a terrorist or like a or, or a goblin right? And, um, parents never chaperoned us, we didn't, like, we didn't wear light-up sneakers, we didn't have flashlights, we stayed out after dark, and we were fucking fine, okay? Um, large groups of us went out and all that stuff. Now it's just like, every kid is chaperoned by, like, an entourage of parents, right? With tactical fucking spotlights, um, the kids with the big burlap sacks, right? When you used to get those little, uh, plastic pails, right? At least I did. I had a little plastic pail for my candy that was orange and had a picture of a pumpkin on it. You used to be able to get those with Happy Meals at, uh, you know, McDonald's. But now the kids just go up, right? They're, they're, okay. So now the difference is the kids roll with an entourage of 20 parents. The kids are, you know, have to wear high visibility vests. They can't dress up as anything offensive, there's no fake weapons, Uh, they put little effort into their costumes, they don't say trick-or-treat, they no longer have the plastic pails, and when you open the door, they're not expecting candy, right? What do kids want now, right? When they come to your door, you know what I got for them? I got a big bowl sitting right here right, of candy-flavored vape pens, right, that's what kids want these days, right, they want the candy-flavored vape pens, so that's what I'm handing out, folks, come to my house, these kids these days, right, that's what they want, so I got them some fucking donut-flavored vape pens, some banana-flavored vape pens, right, some breast milk-flavored vape pens, And then I got a whole bunch of iPads and some video games, right? So when they hold out their big burlap sack and they say absolutely nothing, I'm just going to dump in some vape pens and some iPods because that's what they expect, right? They expect it. They're not hoping that this house might have the best candy. They're just fully expecting you to dump in some vape fucking pens, right? Some donut flavored vape and then some, uh, some iPads, right? And that's what they want. Then they won't say thank you, and they'll and they'll go back. The parents will give you the evil eye, right? Because you don't have their political candidate sign up in the front yard. And uh, yeah, they go to the next house. That's the difference I see with trick-or-treating today to, you know, yesterday. Or, you know, 25 yesterdays ago. But honest to God, you know, if you're an adult like I am now, just... Stop for a second on Halloween night and look at all the droves of kids that come to your door and tell me that they put as much effort into the costumes as they used to. See what percentage of them just happily yell out trick-or-treat. See what percentage of them say thank you. See what percentage of the kids are just in a big group of kids. Every kid now is with, like I said, like a bodyguard with with a parent with a flashlight the size of a friggin' bazooka, Right? and i live in probably one of the safest cities in america i'm not telling you which city because i don't trust you right but i probably live in one of the safest cities in the entire country crime does not exist here right so i don't know it it's just nuts kids just don't say trick-or-treat they just put their arms out they want their vape pens and their Fucking candy bar, or not even candy bars. Vape pens, video games, whatever the freaking kids want these days, right? And then they go, or maybe they're, uh, maybe they're not looking for vape, or uh, you know, iPhones or electronics, right? Do kids even like candy anymore? Do parents let kids have candy? You know, I remember when we were kids. When I was a fucking kid, right? When we went out, right? The best houses. Would give away, you know, the best candy. But there were always those houses that gave away the fucking shit that no kid in their right mind would ever want, right? There was always the house that gave away the fresh apple. Yeah, what eight year old kid wants to come home? You want to bite into your Snickers? You want to take a bite of your Almond Joy? No, I don't want to take a bite of my Granny Smith fucking apple. What kid wants a fucking apple, right? Well, actually, they do want an apple. I'm giving them iPads, right? That's my new apple. We used to get Granny Smith apples. Now I'm handing out fucking iPhones and iPads to these kids, right? So they do want apples, apparently, right? And then, you know, uh, other houses would have like those awful tasting like popcorn balls. Like, who the fuck hands out popcorn balls? You know, give me a give me a lollipop. Give me a Snickers bar, right? But that's how my, you know, my parents rolled like this. My dad always rolled hardcore, right, for Halloween. We were the cool house, right? We just didn't give you a little friggin' Tootsie Roll and say, be on your way. My dad would hand out full-size candy bars. I'm, I'm talking full-size Snickers, full-size Milky Ways, full-size Hershey bars. He still does full-size Kit Kats, uh, you know, like th- uh, a 30-pack of Twizzlers full-size shit right those were the houses that kids wanted to go to now what am i gonna hand out some hemp candy you know a rope some clothing some kind of anti-trump clothing i'm gonna drop in the kids bag jesus you know things used to be simple folks it used to be real simple You know, you didn't need parental supervision. You could put on any costume that your heart desired. You could carry around a fake axe or a knife because it served your costume. You didn't need to go out with your parents and have a gigantic flashlight and friggin, you know, lights all over you so the cars can see you. You know, the world hasn't changed. We have. Okay? And the kids have not changed. The parents have. It's our fault. I'm not a parent, so I can't blame myself, but I can blame you, sir. Are you a parent? Okay, it's your fault. We've made our kids this way. So maybe for Halloween, you know, unless you live in a bad neighborhood, maybe for Halloween this year, let your kids go out with some older kids. They're strength in numbers, okay? I'd let my kid go out, if I had one, alone on Halloween, why? It's so dangerous out. Well, no, it's wouldn't. Because if I had a kid, my kid would know how to fucking handle himself. Okay, if somebody did pull up in a van, some pervert in a van, hey, 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 little boy, come in my van. He'd know what to do. Okay, that's that's what we did as kids. We didn't know karate as kids, but there was all, there was always a huge group of us, and no one was gonna fuck with a big group of kids. And we all, and, and we always had some like more adult type kids in our group. And that's what, you know, my parents would always say. There is strength in numbers. I don't, I'm not saying send your 10-year-old kid out in Los Angeles tonight or whatever, you know, for Halloween. But if you live in a safe friggin' neighborhood and city like I do, in, you know, fucking pumpkin pie America, right? And there's a whole group of 10, 11, 12-year-old kids that want to go out. Let them fucking go trick-or-treat, will ya? Okay? Relax. Aliens aren't going to kidnap your kid on Halloween, okay? And if they do, you can just blame it on Trump, right? Play that fucking Trumpy card. What else do we got to talk about? You know, talking about these damn friggin' kids these days with their friggin' this, that, and the other fucking thing, you know? But yeah, it's friggin' un- it's unbelievable. So just look for that shit. When you go to answer your door Halloween night, see how many kids say trick-or-treat. And if they're enthusiastic about it, just watch what I'm going to do. I'm going to open that door up, right? And I'm not going to say a fucking thing. I'm just going to open that door and they'll just be standing there with their friggin' arms out, saying nothing. Me just blankly staring at them. It'll be this like 30 second long staring contest, right? And then one of the parents will make eye contact with me and see me just standing there, staring at the kids, fucking with them. And the parent will come up. We got a problem here. Yeah. I'm just waiting for your kids to say something. What do you want them to say? Well, how about fucking trick-or-treat? Well, you don't need to have that attitude, buddy. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. I laugh. You know why I laugh? I laugh because I laugh so I don't cry, okay? But my God, people. You know? But, yeah, I don't know what to give out. Kids, I don't think they want candy. And I can't afford iPads, so like I said, I bought a bunch of a uh, bunch of uh, candy-flavored vape pods that the kids can suck on on Halloween night, right? What the hell do I need to get? What else? You know, maybe some Billie Eilish CDs, right? All oh, the kids like her, right? Maybe some carrots. That's what I'll do. I'll hand out cooked carrots. The parents will love that shit around here, right? When the kids get home and they dump out all their sugary candy. Then the parents see my fucking hemp, my uh, my fucking hemp rope wrapped up uh, carrots, right? They're going to be like, that's that's a progressive thinker right there. Are you kidding me? Yep, carrots. Actually, you know what I'm going to do. You know what I'm going to do? Actually, that's what's going to happen. I guarantee, okay, I'm calling it right now. I'm going to see some kid, right, Halloween night, mark my words, that's not going to have a costume on. They're going to be just dressed weird, like normal, right? And I'm going to ask that kid, I'm going to say, what are you for this Halloween? And they're going to say something to the effect of like, I don't identify as a Halloween costume. Okay. I don't think I need to wear a costume on Halloween because that's what my parents said. And my parents said that the reason I'm such a fucking snot is because this is Trump's America. And that's why kids are just acting the way they do is because it's all Trump's fault. It's not my fault. It's not my parents' fault for being a bad parent. It's because Trump, right? Trump, 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 Trump. But how much you want to bet there is going to be some kid, at least in this city, that's going to show up to my door not wearing a costume, and they're going to be like, I don't identify as a costume, okay? I'm not dressed as a man or a woman. I choose not to identify as a costume, okay? So just hand over my vape pen and my new iPhone 11 plus 12, and we won't have any problems, okay? And my parents won't sue you, okay? Because my parents, they're lawyers in the city, you know? And, you know, my parents, if you don't give us fucking hemp candy, we're going to fucking sue you. You might be laughing, but if you knew where I lived and spent a week here, you'd understand that a lot of what I'm talking about, <laughs> as stupid as it is, actually jives where I live, OK? And here's another thing. Does, does anybody remember a night the night before Halloween? I've only heard it called two things, and I've asked people around the country. It was called Cabbage Night, or Devil's Night. It was the night before Halloween, and all the kids would go out, and they'd start trouble, right? When we were kids, that kind of tradition was falling off. But it used to be pretty hardcore around here, back when kids were allowed to be kids, right? But does that even exist anymore? Because when I was high school, maybe junior high age, we're talking early to mid-90s, right? It was kind of on its way out, and I haven't really talked about it since. But October 30th every year, it would either be called Cabbage Night or Devil's Night, where kids would go out and you'd cause a little bit of trouble, right? It was called Cabbage Night. And it's not like we were out robbing people, okay? The whole idea of Cabbage Night was, you know, to maybe smash a couple pumpkins, maybe toilet paper a tree, you know, just little kid mischief, right? It's just, it was a tradition. I know it's bad, right? You know, smashing somebody's pumpkin. Sorry, my God. But that's what happened. It happened to me. Seriously, it happened to me as a little boy. Where, you know, I don't even think it was on Cabbage Night, but we used to have pumpkins like everyone else did on our front steps. And some kids, right, back in the early 80s when I was just a boy, at some point in the night, on an October night, they stopped in front of our house. They took our pumpkins and they smashed them in the road. And, that, and we just said, oh, oh, well, you know, we'll go out and get some new ones and put them in the backyard or keep them in the house. That was Cabbage Night. Or you'd wake up on Halloween morning and you'd see a tree toilet papered that was cabbage night cabbage night or devil's night it was just a a night for kids to go out and just cause a little ruckus all right and when we were kids, we definitely kept that tradition, al- you know alive. you know was it a great tradition? Eh, not really it's kind of a bad idea, but we did you know fun- you know funny innocent stuff right. The main of which was just either toilet papering a tree, egging a house, right? Or, uh, smashing a pumpkin. And and you say, oh my god, if I ever found out my kid threw an egg at a house, oh, you'd be in such big trouble, mister! Oh, god. Kids are going to be kids. I don't care how stellar of a parent you think you are. Kids are kids, okay? And that's what we do. Okay, we'd throw an egg at a house, we'd say we kept the tradition alive, and then we'd go on with our day. But I don't know what happens these days, right? What do kids, kids on Devil's Night, right, they go out and they throw their iPad at a house? Take that! <laughs> they throw their fucking old, they throw an old video game at the house, they don't know what eggs are or, or toilet paper is, right? You wake up in the morning and instead of there being toilet paper in your uh, fucking tree from Devil's Night, right, it's, there's like fucking Xboxes. <laughs> It's screwed up in the tree up oh, the millennial kids were here we got an xbox in the tree but yeah man you know I mean god taking toilet paper you know take some toilet paper and just string it through some trees okay but uh god damn you know I just don't get it you know, but Smashing Pumpkins was was definitely popular back then, and uh, so was the band, actually. That's probably where they got their name, isn't it? Um, but yeah, there was more than a few pumpkins that were smashed around here. I mean, literally every October, you don't really see it now, but every October, uh, especially around here, you would drive down any given street and you would see a smashed pumpkin somewhere, and you just kind of knew that's just what happened, right? It didn't necessarily need to happen on Devil's Night or Cabbage Night, but, you know, it was an October tradition. Um, But this is a true story, and this is pretty campy, okay? And this is kind of embarrassing, but, you know, what can I say? Um, Everything about this show is embarrassing. But uh, we had a little crew back when we were kind of uh, young, right? And we called ourselves the Pumpkin Patrol. And what would we do? Well, we would roll out on patrol on Devil's Night or Cabbage Night, and we would make sure that nobody smashed any pumpkins. I don't think we were very successful, but yeah. Um, We called ourselves the Pumpkin Patrol, you know? We knew what it felt like to have our fucking pumpkins smashed, man, because we were going to carve that bitch up. You know, and then you wake up and your, you know, fifteen dollar pumpkin is smashed on the ground. It's heartbreaking. So we formed the Pumpkin Patrol, and we would go out on Cabbage Night and and make sure that no kids touched our pumpkins. And what's up everybody? Through the magic of fucking the stop and start button, I am back. And I don't remember what I was just talking about. We were doing some kind of a horrible ween special, weren't we? Oh yeah, we were talking about the fucking pumpkin patrol, right? Honest to God, we did. So you see, that's just what happens, right? We were immature and we would go out on devil's night or, you know, cabbage night and we would throw cabbage, and then as we got older, we formed the pumpkin patrol, making sure that your pumpkin stayed safe as you slept in bed, and uh, like I said, nowadays, I don't even know if kids even carry that tradition on, if they even know what Devil's Night or Cabbage Night was, parents probably won't even let them go out, right? God, I, I don't know, I, you know, it's it's crazy, it it truly is crazy when you, when you take the time out of your day at, you know, 40, or even 30, or 35, or 45, whatever fucking age you are, sir, and you just kind of stop and think about just how much things have changed from when you were a kid, and that's the craziest thing, because, you know, I used to hear that shit when I was younger, from adults, oh, when I was a kid, when I was a kid, but that's what's fucking crazy, that it's true. You know, it seems like it was honestly last week that I was 12 years old dressing up as a friggin', you know, whatever, a pirate going out and trick-or-treating with my friends. And a week later, I'm 41, uh, old enough to have a kid graduating fucking college. And, um, yeah, kids are, aren't dressing up. They're not saying trick-or-treat. Their parents send an entourage out with them, uh, they don't expect candy, they expect uh, expect hemp ropes and uh, yeah, and if they go out for cabbage night or uh, something like that instead of toilet papering a tree or smashing a pumpkin, they just toilet paper your tree with uh, video games strung together, right? So I don't know. I guess they've behaved, right? I just wish they would say trick or treat and thank you and maybe put a little bit uh, of an effort into their costume. And maybe some parents can relax. Send your kids out to enjoy Halloween together in a group of kids. Kids can't act as kids when their parents around. Don't you get that? You weren't a kid. I could never act like a kid with my parents around. No matter what age I was. I still can't. You know? When I'm around my parents, I'm on my best friggin' behavior even as an adult. Okay? So you parents. They we got to chaperone around our kids. Did your parents chaperone you around? Do you forget what it was like to be a kid? I don't because it seemed like friggin' yesterday. So, when you're being a parent, why are you gonna be a prick to your kids? Let them go out and be kids. Let them bruise their knee. Take away this bubble they're in, okay? Because that's half the fucking problem. We've spoiled the fucking hell out of our kids and we raise them in a bubble. And then they get out into the real world. They play the trump card. They get the fucking emotional support animal because nobody prepared them for life, okay? Get your kids prepared for life, remove the bubble, send them out Halloween night with their friends, okay? Leave the friggin' flashlight and the high visibility vest and the police escort at home, okay? Let these kids go out in a group and just be kids and have fun. Let them dress up however they want and remind them when they go to a door to scream out, Trick or treat! Okay? That's part of the friggin' fun, okay? Let's make Halloween great again, right? We're making America great again, right? Grabbing one pussy at a time. Let's make fucking Halloween great again, right? That's got my vote. Let's bring back Halloween. All right. I'm going to leave this podcast off with a story, I guess. Because, like I said, I loved Halloween growing up. We did a lot of different things. And I'll leave you, I guess, with one little story. But as... As we got to the high school age, you know, it became too old to trick-or-treat. And that's another thing. Is there there an age limit for trick-or-treating, you know? The oldest I think I've ever seen anyone trick-or-treat would probably be, I would have to guess, 15, 16. But I still gave him candy. The hell with it, you know? If you're going to go out and be that bold and that old, I mean, I would even give, you know... I'll give a fucking popcorn ball to an adult if they show up here on friggin, you know, Halloween and say trick-or-treat. I don't give a shit how old you are, right? Who cares? Is there an age limit for that shit? The only requirement should be is that you need to put some kind of effort into a costume, and you have to say trick-or-treat and thank you. (laughs) You know? That's all I'm looking for from today's kids. Just a little bit of effort with the costume, say trick-or-treat, and say thank you, okay? Okay. Don't just expect 15 candy bars to be handed to you along with a friggin' iPad, right? Because that's what just kids, kids just expect that shit now, right? Holy fuck, just, you know? Anyways, so as it got too old for us to go trick-or-treating when we got to be that age where it was too old, we turned to handing out the candy ourselves at our houses and setting up, uh, you know, some kind of a haunted house for the kids, right? And, uh, you know, this was me and my friend Brian or me and somebody else, and uh, we just weren't going to, you know, answer the door for kids when we were kids, you know? We made sure the house was pitch dark, that there were flashing lights, that we made kids go through narrow alleyways to get to the garage where there was just a bowl of candy with a sign saying, help yourself, we're not here. And then as they'd walk into the dark garage, we would friggin' run out of the corner with uh, with like a leaf blower, you know, and we would scare the piss out of them. Can you imagine that today? You probably can't do that today, right? because if some kid were to get scared and cry right the parent would pull out a gun you know or you know i you know we'd get sued or yelled at that's so inappropriate scaring kids what are you fucking crazy you're gonna scare a kid oh my god that's the problem people okay the world has not changed kids have not changed it's us not me of course it's the parents that turn their kids into little weasels. Like, like, oh my God, we're going to sue everybody and we can't have Halloween and we're going to cancel anything I find fucking offensive. Halloween is offensive. Why is it offensive? I don't know, but it's offensive. Fucking seriously, dude, right? You can't have a haunted house nowadays, right? I can't turn my house into a haunted house and then, you know, dress up in in like a... like a black robe, you know, and then just come out of the corner of the yard, right? I'll have a parent. A parent will pummel me, right? Or I'll get sued for making a kid cry, right? Or I'll accidentally, you know, step on some kid's emotional support squirrel or some shit, right? That's what'll happen. You can't do it anymore. Everything that used to be cool and used to be fun and used to be just for kids has just been canceled and ruined, right? Because it's too offensive or it's, I don't know what the fuck it is. But then I have to come on a podcast and lose my shit, right? Because I just I just don't get kids these days. I'm sorry. It's not the kids. I keep blaming the kids. It's not kids, right? It's you crazy parents, right? Kids don't just come out of the womb idiots, right? Whether they're a smartass or a smart aleck or they're... or they're rude, or they're polite, or they say trick-or-treat or or not, right? That's all up to you as a parent, okay? If your kid's an asshole, then you fucking failed as a parent. I'm sorry, you know? Um, Were my parents perfect? No. But did they raise me right? Fucking A, right they did, you know? I've got manners, except on this podcast, but I don't really give a shit, right? I'm not doing this podcast for you. I'm doing it for me, right? It's therapeutic. But, uh, yeah, you know, anybody that, uh you know knows me right I got a lot of respect for you know for people i I treat people as though i want to be treated um I automatically trust you and I automatically respect you until you disrespect or distrust me you know um I'm just very polite, I'm very good with kids, dogs, animals. I'm not the psychopath I come off to be on this show. I'm really not okay. This is uh, this is supposed to be for your entertainment, sir. Okay, so I'm really not as quite of a psychopath as I might make myself out to be on this show, but uh, yeah, I would say that's all the time we have for today. But I have way more time, right, to keep going. But uh, I got to appease the uh, listeners that think the uh, uh, podcast is too long, right? What do you want me to do? You want me to do a Bill Burr podcast where I talk for 17 minutes, then do 30 minutes of commercials, and then the second half of the podcast is a replay of another one? <laughs> you know? Not to bust my buddy Bill's balls, but that's how it used to be, right? Bill started podcasts podcast in 06, used to talk for hours. Now that these Mr. Hollywood Burr, you know, talks for 14 minutes, then reads about 20 minutes of commercials that he gets paid for, and then the second half of the podcast is just a repeat of the, uh, you know, you know a best of Uh, the life right but yeah anyways trying to keep this podcast short and sweet you'll probably hear some audio issues like normally right because i can't figure this shit out i don't know what i'm doing but uh yes i hope you have a great halloween i'm sorry that this podcast didn't show up for you first thing monday because i know that upsets a few of you Um, but yes, thank you for supporting, thank you for listening, thank you for putting up with the audio bullshit and everything else, this has been yet another, yes, yet another episode of Views from the John, and we'll be back, I don't know when, I don't, Friday, Saturday, Monday, I don't know, sir, okay, but what am I looking forward to? I'm looking forward to handing out some iPads on Halloween. I'm looking forward to uh, game five of the World Series. I'm looking forward to some Monday night football in the Patriots. 8 0. What a defense. Uh, yes, right? Everyone's talking about the Patriots defense, but then the other side is saying, if I got to hear another fucking person talk about the Patriots defense, they ain't playing nobody good. Everyone they play sucks. Well, the schedule's changing, right? Baltimore next Sunday night. Then we got, you know, Philadelphia coming up and uh, Houston and we got some uh, some Kansas City and some Patrick Mahomes, right? Should be good games. Um, so, yeah, I think the Patriots defense is really good. Have we played great teams? Yeah, I don't know. Buffalo's decent. Cleveland's not as horrible as their record gets made out to be, right? The Giants aren't as horrible as their record is. Um, Miami is as horrible as their record is. Uh, the Jets can't get out of their own way, right? Sam Donald with the kissing disease and Le'Veon Bell. Remember Le'Veon Bell? He thought he was so fucking great. and I thought he was great too, but as it turns out, he's just horrible this year with the Jets. I wonder if that's because for all those years Le'Veon... The skill wasn't really in your legs, in your vision, but it was in the offensive line of the Steelers. And now that you're on a team that doesn't have an offensive line or any kind of offensive uh, passing weapons to open up play action and stuff like that, you're not doing shit, bro, right? So there you go. Is Le'Veon Bell a great running back? He's good. But a weak offensive line and no kind of passing game um, just goes to show that... Um, you know, it ain't so much the running back, folks. It's how good your offensive line and how good your offense is. Because if, let's say, Le'Veon Bell was playing for the Patriots, he'd probably be sick, right? Because the, the Patriots, you don't know when they're going to pass. You don't know when they're going to run. They're just dangerous on all sides of the ball. And they have a good offensive line. They can block, right? But uh, you take Sony Michelle or James White, and you put them with a line like, uh, you know, the Jets have, and they might not be very good either. But, that's the case. So yeah, I just talked about stuff that had absolutely nothing to do with horrible lean. Right? Alright, remember, to laugh. Not enough people do that these days. Everyone's too fucking serious. Relax, okay? Relax. Getting upset, getting sad about shit that we can't control. It's pointless, people. Okay? It's pointless. So just smile and relax. Hug your kid, right? Something. This has been your boy, John. And I'll talk to you in a bit. Take care of each other. Later. No! No! You don't need an institution between him and me. You see, just God and man. No priests, no churches. The first words in Jesus' gospel are, the kingdom of God is inside you and all around you. Not in the buildings of wood and stone. Spread a piece of wood and I'm there. Leave the stone and you. you will find me. So much. Think nothing of it. Well, I didn't get a ticket, lady, so you're welcome. Whatever your problems are, I hope they work out. It's the end of the line for me too. I'm not allowed any further. I'm sure things will be fine. I'm not. There's lots of times.